0: promises are just words this is episode 43 in the middle of chaos lies opportunity today i'd like you to say hello to three people and the first person is hugh higginson he's an english actor best known for playing pc george garfield on the bill from 1989 to 1999 he's now based in sydney and he's known to australians for his role in top end wedding which was a movie Second person is Bianca Chatfield. She's a former Australian netballer, selected as an 18-year-old as one of the youngest ever, and she has won Commonwealth Games gold. In 2018, she appeared on the TV show The Block with fellow netballer Carla Dizwoki. The third person is Archie Thompson, former Australian professional soccer player, played over 50 times for the Socceroos, scoring 28 goals. He also holds the world record of 13 goals against American Samoa in a 31-0 win. Today, I'd like you to say hello to Hugh Higginson, Bianca Chatfield, and Archie Thompson.
1: Hi, my name's Hugh Higginson. I'm an actor originally from the UK, but now living in Sydney. So I've been asked, how did I get into acting and what role did mentors play in the process? Well my mum was an actor and my dad still is an actor. My mum became an agent, an acting agent. Um, My first stepfather was an acting musician and my current stepfather was a producer. So I was brought up um, in a family surrounded by people in the acting business if you like. My first memories are of Stratford-upon-Avon which is the home to the Royal Shakespeare Company, which is a, a world-renowned company that specialises in, as the name says, doing Shakespeare. So, my memories were of you know, the armoury and the theatre, um, all the the costumes, the smell. Um, so basically, I grew up surrounded by people within our industry, and it was all that I knew. Now, I did some work when I was uh, much younger, when I was between the ages of ten and fourteen. Did some television work and some theatre work, and then. My mum and my dad basically said, you know, you have to stop doing this now and concentrate on your education, and when you get to 18, you can make the choice of, do you want to go to university or do you want to go to drama school? I always knew that I wanted to go to drama school, and sure enough, after I did my A levels, which is um, a bit like the HSC here, um, back in the UK, I auditioned for drama school. Now, when I did that, a good friend of my dad's at the time, um, a very well-known director, went through my speeches which you needed to get into drama school and helped me along the way so i suppose that barry um, who's sadly no longer with us really mentored me through that that um, process of being able to get into drama school which is a very competitive environment i've also been asked about the character that i played for 10 years over 600 episodes pc garfield on the bill and what were my most enjoyable moments there were many um we worked hard and we played hard over those 10 years um i do recall there was a a colleague of mine a guy called andy paul who was another copper on the show and he was a mad mad arsenal fan and i'm a crazy chelsea fan And we'd been filming all day in Chelsea. We were playing Arsenal at Stamford Bridge that night. The filming ran over late, and the traffic was just awful, as it always is in London. And it looked like that neither of us were going to be able to make the game. Both of us had tickets for it, although we were going to be sitting on the opposite ends, of course. So we were actually in a a mock-up police car. Um, And so it looked like a real police car. Um, has the lights, um, not the siren, but has the lights and has the, the stripes that police cars have. And whenever the guys who used to drive those cars for us had to drive them from place to place, they, have to, they had to put magnetic strips over the lines and put a hood over the lights so to show that it wasn't a real police car, because if you get caught driving a police car impersonating a police officer, which we would have been and we were in full uniform, you can actually go to prison for that. But we were so desperate to go for the game, uh, go to the game. The guy got out of the car, his Simon, his name was, and he took the magnetic strips off the stripes on the car, took the hood off the light, turned the light on, and we went right down the middle of the traffic, flashing our headlights, cars getting out the way getting back to base where we could change and then get to the game on the train. So we both Andy and I managed to get to the game. However, had we been caught um, in that car, we could have ended up in prison. So that was one of the more amusing moments that we had. It was a great show because we made lifelong friends there I would say, and I'm still in touch with many many of my former colleagues, both on the acting side and um, behind the camera side um, it was a It was a journey we all made together and it was it was a success excuse me successful show and it opened many many doors for for all of us and it was just a a real privilege to be on you know i I know that a lot of you guys are um, coming up to your HSC and it's a difficult time to keep yourself motivated especially going through what we've been going through with the virus and everything um, it can be difficult to focus and to to kind of get your energies up and get your enthusiasm up for, for what you have to do the, the only thing I'd say to you guys is you know, this is the end of your official schooling period now, and you've got a a real chance after school to express yourself and be the person that you want to be. And I think you lay the foundation of that by being able to concentrate and work hard on something that you might not always enjoy, but but will help you in your future. Uh, It sounds strange to say this, but in many ways you know your school days can be the happiest of your lives and if you're struggling a bit with kind of trying to get yourself together and trying to get your motivation up for taking those exams why well, don't you pair up with a, a mate of yours at school and chuck your phones in the drawer and sit down and do a bit of work together and have a bit of a laugh together while you're doing the work I mean, if work is enjoyable it makes it so much more so much easier really I mean I suppose that's why I could say I had such a great time on the bill and such a great time as being an actor because sometimes you will you're presented with scripts and you've got so much to learn so many words to learn i did a play not long ago which ran about three and a half hours long and i was in every single scene and i had mountains and mountains and mountains of lines to learn and halfway through i thought i'd never never manage it but i did and i once i started enjoying it it, it came just came so much more simply to me i suppose so my advice if, if you're feeling down about your your exams is try and find a way to enjoy it try and find some fun in it even if there's a bit of silliness to it because ultimately those exams are something that we all have to do and the more that you enjoy the process of getting there the more you'll enjoy the exam itself and the more chance that you have success within taking those exams anyway guys I'll leave you for now and uh, just wish you good luck and uh, stay safe Blow my whistle, baby. Oh, oh.
2: I didn't come this far, to only come this far I hear some people saying things like When I make it, when I get to the top I'll keep working hard until I get to the top Until I reach my goal Let me tell you something There's no end, winners never stop you reach a goal, set a bigger goal If you get to the top of the mountain, find a bigger mountain It's yeah. the journey The journey lasts a lifetime From the start to the finish, it's, it's, a, real it's grind. a real grind I didn't come this far, so only come this far I came this far to go burger, Get stronger, push myself harder, harder I wanna let you know I'm just getting started I've been knocked down, kicked on the in the back, and laughed at. I couldn't laugh that can tell you how many times that I've been let down Set a bigger goal. If you get to the top of the mountain, find a bigger mountain.
3: The most rewarding part of being an athlete, um, I think, it's just for me. It was being able to have that competitive challenge every single week and the pressure always being on you to perform. So, you know, every weekend you had to front up to that pressure. You had to. You had this purpose of wanting to be the best you could for your team and to win the game. But I just enjoyed the fact that every week was building up to this challenge on the weekend and it was up to you whether you showed up for it. Um, by how you prepare during the week. Um, And probably the most challenging part for me was always then living up to the standards that I'd set. I was such a competitive person. I had, I was a high achiever and um, sometimes you would put all of that ahead of everything. So you know, I wouldn't necessarily be kind to myself because I was so determined to win or I was so determined to be better at something. So you would often, you know, sacrifice your own health and your own um, ability, not ability, but you'd sacrifice yourself really. You put yourself on the line all the time and and you would accept nothing less than actually being able to perform something at the very best. But the problem is when you think about, aiming to be perfect at something. No one ever is perfect at something. So we spend our whole time aiming so, so, so high, almost ridiculously high that we, if we don't get there, then we don't seem happy about it. Um, so yeah, I wish I had have been a little bit more, um, just, you know, celebrate the little wins that you have rather than always wanting such big achievements. I always dream of playing for Australia and what contributed to achieving the goal at a young age? Um, I, I did always dream oh, – I guess I did dream of playing for Australia, but it wasn't until I actually could see it. So netball was not a sport that I would watch a lot on TV because you couldn't. And if you did, it was getting up at 11 o'clock at night and watching it late. Um, so I didn't have aspirations – to make the team until I was probably in my teenage years and I could see it a bit more and I was around it a bit more and I'd learnt to play the game a bit more. Um, and then once I saw it, then I wanted it. And and so I had the opportunity to watch my sister, who was two years older than me, go through a similar pathway and that, you know, she would make the, her very first Victorian team as a 14-, 15-year-old. And I would watch that as a 12, 13-year-old and think, right, I want that now too. So she was basically a, someone who I could watch and, and be competitive against um, and, and follow her pathway um, until I got, you know, I overtook her and, and got closer to the Australian team and then I was on my own a bit more. But, yeah, I needed those people out in front of me to show me the way and to show me how to do it. And my si- older sister was very good at having those standards as well. Um, When you weren't selected for the Diamonds in 2010, how did that feel and how did you overcome that challenge? I was pretty devastated, I must admit, when I got dropped from the team. And you always think about these moments. And in hindsight, by far, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it it made me reassess. It made me reflect. It made me actually get some honest feedback about what I needed to do better. Um, I'd been fortunate enough to have a lot of success early um, but I think you do take it for granted. As much as I, I don't think I took the whole thing for granted, you definitely feel your place in the world is in that team and, and you are good enough to be in that team. But you're probably not challenging other people in your position. You just get a bit comfortable. And I think I was a bit comfortable... Um, I didn't – I wasn't consistent. I was a good enough player and on some of the times I played, I was a great player but I never was consistently a great player and that's what I think, you know, the Australian team at that time um, wanted someone who was going to be consistent all the time and deliver all the time and not just, you know, every couple of games. So that was really hard for me to get my head around Um, and then once I got back in the side, I just – was a much more mature person. I just was brave enough to have honest conversations. I wanted all the feedback I could about how to be a better player. I pushed my body a lot more to be fitter, to be able to play different positions. Um, I really enjoyed the challenge of of moving out to be more of a goal defence than a goalkeeper. Um, and yeah, like the the honest conversations that I had. There was a changing coach, so Norma Plummer. Um, finished with the Diamonds and Lisa Alexander came in as the head coach and I was in the Australian squad at this stage I hadn't got back in the team so that would have been 2012 or end of 2011 and I remember saying to Lisa Alexander I don't just want to be in this squad to fill numbers if you don't ever see me as being a potential player again for the Diamonds I'd rather give my position to a younger player." And she assured me that it was no guarantees I was going to make the team, but she saw a value of having me in that side. Um, and so she just said, if you work hard enough, I'll promise I'll pick the the right team and the best team. So I just took her for a word and I just worked really hard. And then once I got back in, my perspective on the whole thing was totally different. I enjoyed playing the game, but I enjoyed the leadership side of the game more so. So I enjoyed seeing the younger players get out there and do well. I enjoyed... Um, You know, setting strong standards to make sure that we had a great culture, but we had an inclusive culture. Um, I really love that part of the game um, more than anything. So I think that also helped my game because I played far better in those my second Aussie career than I ever did in my first part of my Aussie career.
4: Well, how I got involved with soccer was uh, was basically in my blood. Um, Mum and dad loved football. uh, three brothers two sisters we all played soccer so for me it was most of my childhood where we jump in the old ford falcon and head off to uh, twin city wanderers and we spent majority of my childhood doing exactly the same thing and i loved it because i get, got to enjoy it with uh, my family and um, yeah it was perfect toughest opponent would have to be the countries that were, well, were pretty well known for their football. I um, played against Brazil, Argentina, they both were superb. Uh, I think for me the toughest was, was that Brazilian team, uh, even Uruguay in the qualifiers in 2005, but uh, most recently it would have had to have been Brazil when we lost 6-0 in Brazil and they didn't um, even have most of their quality players playing. But Neymar was just sensational. I played uh, Messi number of times and he he's unbelievable i mean you can't get a sense of how good he is unless you're up against him or you see the way he turns or takes players on and brings other players in and and it's effortless i always sort of judge a quality player on their effortless to, effortlessness to be able to take if that is a word to be able to take on people and um And do it with ease and make it look easy. And that's uh, something he did really well. And even Neymar in that. Yep, 13 goals in one game will not be beaten. (laughs) World record. So I'm pretty proud of that. Not many people can go through their careers and say they've got a world record. Even against the worst team in the world. Um, But even five goals in a grand final was superb because... Um the A-League had just arrived, and especially in Melbourne, and to do it in front of f- f- friends and family in a full stadium, 60-odd fouls that Eddie had, was amazing. And uh, five goals, uh, I only predicted three before the game, so that was amazing and something that will go down in folklore when it comes to football, especially at uh, Melbourne victory. Uh, playing overseas four years in Belgium was certainly an eye-opener and PSV amazing experience one of the uh, biggest clubs in, in Europe um, got the test myself and uh, learned so many different things and, and the way the world goes and um, that was amazing And my latest uh, adventure was going to racing Mercia which I actually wanted to go to Spain when I was younger because that football serve me and funny enough and uh, i tell people these days especially young ones it doesn't matter what age your dream suddenly comes it, it just happens and i waited till i was 40 years old and got to live my dream so it was great